free stuff. Come on, it's free. There we go. I feel like Oprah. Come on now. You get a car. You get a car. But it's not a car. Um, but I got some friends to help me give you something. Come on out, all of you from the back. I need everybody in the back. Come on out here. I got, I got stay positive stress balls for everybody in the room. Come on. You got some music for us, Alex? Come on. Here we go. I'm going to throw right here the camera. I'm coming at you. Go church. Here we go right now. Come on, you got to catch them both campuses. Everybody gets one. Come on, grab one of these. There you go. Uh, you almost had it right there. Come on, get them out there. Don't hurt them. Don't hurt them right there. Hey, Trey, get one in the camera. Back of the room to go church. You ready? Go church. Here it is just for you. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Let me see one more. Stay positive. Did I get it to you close? Hey, no worries. At both campuses, everybody on your way out today, you get a you get a free stay positive stress ball. Come on. Is that a good gift or what? Yeah, I love it. That's what I'm talking about. So again, make sure both campuses, as you exit, everybody in the room, you get a stay positive a stress ball. That will help you with two things. Number one, when you get stressed, you can squeeze it. And number two, ladies, when your husband don't do what you ask, just pelt him with it. Come on now. Huh? That, that'll be nice. We, we adopted at the beginning of this series a theme verse. Uh, I know you're having fun, but let me give you this theme verse. It comes out of John chapter 16, verse 33. It's one verse of scripture, and we kind of sat here to develop our ongoing conversations. And here's what your Bible says. It's Jesus talking, and he's talking to the disciples. And he's having this conversation with them because soon Jesus is going to have to leave this earth. Uh, he'll sit on the right hand of the Father making intercession for the people. How many are glad to know that Jesus is praying for us? Come on. So he's having this conversation with the disciples, and he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. On the count of three, will you say that word peace? One, two, three. Peace. See, a lot of us, we don't have peace. A lot of us, we don't have peace in our mind. We don't have peace in our homes. We don't have peace in our country. Come on. We don't have, we don't have peace in our workplaces. Uh, we, we don't have peace. Everywhere we go is filled with stress and fear and doubt. And Jesus said, listen, in me, in me, you will have peace. And then he goes on. He says, look, in this world, you are going to have what? You will have trouble. Trouble is inevitable. Difficulty is inevitable. Challenges are inevitable. Life just happens. And he says, in this world, you will have trouble. But then he says, but take heart, because I, mean Jesus, I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. 
Uh, let me share a moment of transparency with you, if you'll be so kind to allow me to do that. I had absolutely no idea how much this verse of Scripture would be tested in my life personally when we decided to move our family back to Atlanta to establish one church in two locations and then to kick off this series called Stay Positive. But the moment that we said yes, and how many times do you know in your life that when you say yes to God, it's as if the spiritual warfare seems to ramp up a little bit more. Come on, somebody testify. It's like the enemy just comes at you, and, and it's like everywhere we turned, the enemy has tried to destroy us. Uh, the Bible says it like this in John 10.10, 10, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy but Jesus has come so that we might have life and have that life to the full more abundantly. But let me tell you, when we kick this series off on Stay Positive, it's as if when it rains, it pours. I'm not the only one, huh? I'm not going to bore you with a, uh, an exhaustive timeline of challenges that we've walked through. But let me give you just a couple of things in the last few weeks that we've dealt with on Specifically, this particular verse of Scripture being tested in our family. We kicked this series, Stay Positive, off on October the 7th. On October the 14th, which was uh, baby dedication, child dedication at both campuses, our family was in town. We went over to my, my wife's parents' home for lunch after, and there my three-year-old daughter tripped and fell, and she fell face first into a corner of a wall, and within minutes, her face was swollen, and within days, her whole face was bruised, completely bruised. I was going to show you a picture, but you, you wouldn't want to see that, and I, I wouldn't want to embarrass my little London Grace. She was still the prettiest bruised princess I've ever seen. Come on now. Uh, on one occasion of the recovery of London's face being swollen and the, the swelling subsiding and the bruising going away, she said to me, she said, Daddy, I'm so sorry that I fell. And I said, Princess, I said, it's, it's not your fault. And then she said, will you lay hands on me and pray for me? You better believe I'm going to lay hands on you, girl. For the rest of your life, I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. That was October the 14th. On October the 17th, I had a scheduled uh, visit to the ENT. See, for whatever reason, since we moved back to Atlanta, I've been having some problems with my voice. It's as if my, my vocal cords by the end of the day just get exhausted and I barely have a, a speaking voice. Now, now that, that's a problem when you're a preacher. Come on, somebody. Kimberly thinks it's a blessing, but I felt like it was a problem not to be able to speak. So I went to the ENT on October the 17th and I figured that they would just tell me that, you know, maybe I had a nodule or I needed just to take some voice rest. And to my surprise, the doctor diagnosed me with acute viral thyroiditis. He also said that I have septal deviation, which would require surgery. He said, Mr. Worley, I'm going to have to break your nose. And I said, who do you think you are? <laughs> and I left the doctor's office. I called Kim. I said, what, what's going on right now? It seems like when it rains, it pours. On October the 20th, on a Saturday morning, I woke up in the most excruciating pain that I have felt in years. If anybody in this room or at Go Church, you've ever suffered from a kidney stone, you, you know the pain of a kidney stone. Now, they tell us that for a man, passing a kidney stone is similar to a woman giving birth. Well, I want to announce to you, I've had a boy. Come on now. 
I don't know how true that is because I've never, I've never been with child, but I can tell you this, that my respect level for every mother, come on, has gone through the roof. Ladies, I applaud you. And I think that would be the only time that you should say yes to drugs. Come on now. It's the most excruciating pain that I've ever felt. I, I ended up in, in urgent care on Sunday morning just as, as church was getting started at both of our campuses. They, they gave me some medication. They told me, hey, the, you know, the guy found out I was a preacher. He tried to be funny, gave me a Bible joke. He's like, hey, this too shall pass. It's like, oh, now you're, now you're a comedian. Thinking, Come on, man, this is painful. I, I, I have never in my, in my adult lifetime cried so much as I cried that week. If you've ever had a kidney stone, come on, it, it, will, it will send you to your knees. I was doubled over in pain. By Wednesday, uh, my body was just exhausted. I couldn't take it anymore. And I told Kimberly, I said, I'm, I'm worried that if the stone doesn't pass, it could turn into an infection. And an infection in the kidney can lead to sepsis. And I didn't want to go down that road. So she took me back to the emergency room and uh, they, they said, hey, here's a little more medication. Go home. You'll pass this thing. By that Thursday afternoon, I told her, I was like, you got to get me back to the hospital. We ended up in Piedmont, Atlanta Hospital, where they did tell me that my kidney was swollen and they'd have to do surgery on Friday. They had to put a stent in on Friday. They removed the stone. They put a stent in. I went home, and Saturday through uh, Wednesday, was it, it was hell on earth. It, it was. I mean, I was just in excruciating pain. There was more pain from the surgery than there was from the stinking kidney stone. Explain that. So on Wednesday, they, they removed the, the stent, and then my body began to recover. The point that I'm trying to make is this, is that my, my list probably does not compare to the things that my family and I've gone through in the last couple of weeks as it does to the things that you and your family have gone through in the last couple of days, weeks, months, or even years. The truth is, is that my list is not meant to be a competitive list to see who's got it worse or who's going through more stuff. At the end of the day, one thing that we all do have in common about our list is we have a list. We are all going through something or we are all going through some things. And one thing that we do have in common is this reality. Come back to the screen for a moment is that we will have trouble. Nobody is exempt from the storms of life. But, but I want to I tell you what I've been resting on in these last couple of weeks and really beyond that. And I gave you a shortened version of the things that my family has gone through. But in the last couple of weeks specifically, I've been focusing on these last few words. But, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I believe it's eight powerful words. Eight life-giving words for whatever it is that you're going through. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And I want to summarize those eight words into three simple words. And I don't know if this speaks to you as much as it's been speaking to me. But whatever it is you're going through, here's the summary. You ready? God's got this. Come on now. Work, TV, in the name of Jesus. Work. There it is. God's got this. Let me say it again. God's got this. I, I don't know what this is for you. I don't know what it is for you, but whatever it is, whatever this is, you need to rest assured that God's got it. Come on now. This, this three-word phrase 
encourages us to know that God is in complete and total control of all of our lives and of every situation that you and I walk through. And I just wish that somebody would adopt this. Come on, let this be a motto for your life. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. Come on. God's got this. Turn to two people and tell them, say, God's got this. Come on, let them know. <laughs> Some of you have, have been so kind to, to call and to, to check on us or to pray for us, to send us Facebook messages, and even a few people sent some get well cards in the mail. Uh, the other day I came by the church, there was a, a nice stack of cards on, on my desk, and, and I was reading through this, and, and remember, I, I had already uh, settled on the word uh, for today, uh, on this idea of God's got this, and I was just going through some of those cards, and one of the cards was so encouraging to me, all of them were encouraging, but one of them had this article attached, and uh, on the left column it says, God's got this. And I felt that that was so unique of how the Holy Spirit works, just as a reminder that, hey, you know what? I'm in control, God says. And I began to read this article, and I was encouraged that it says this, the next time that we begin to worry, we can ask ourselves, what am I believing about God that is not true? Come on. Do I believe that his word is true? Do I believe that he is true? Do I really believe that he can take care of this situation? Come on. Because when we stand on this statement, God's got this, then we experience his supernatural peace. And if you could, if you could let the seed of that word just take root in your heart, then the next time that the enemy tries to rear his ugly head and he says, hey, your marriage is falling apart, then with confidence you can respond with, hey, no, 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 no. God's got this. The next time you hear that your health is failing and you get a report that you didn't like to hear, then your response can be confidently, no, 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 no. God's got this. When your finances look impossible, God's got this. When your emotions are everywhere, God's got this. When your future looks bleak, God's got this. When the responsibilities of life and of school and of parenting, they feel overwhelming. Can I just tell you, God's got this. Whenever depression creeps in or anxiety creeps in or fear tends to get the best of you, listen to me, God's got this. And at the end of the day, here's the point that I'm trying to make. We're talking about the sovereignty of God. It's the sovereignty of God that all things and everything is under his control. Do you believe that? It's the power of God, the sovereignty of God, knowing that no matter what I'm walking through, I can stay positive because God's got this. To the single parent that you feel overwhelmed with responsibilities of raising children, trying to make ends meet, can I just introduce you to the sovereignty of God to tell you that God's got this? To the person that, that you're really walking through some battles in your mind or in your body. Listen to me. It's the sovereignty of God. God's got this. He does. Uh, the great Dr. Charles Ryrie, he talks about the sovereignty of God. And he gives us this definition. It's a little bit longer, but it's worth taking the time to share with you. He, he pins these words, and this is what he says. He says, the word sovereignty 
It means principal. It means chief. It means supreme. It speaks first of, of position, that, that God, watch this, that God is the chief being in the universe. Then it speaks of power, that God is the supreme power in the universe. See, ultimately, God is in control of all things. Do you believe that? Though he may choose to let certain events happen according to natural laws which he has ordained. It's a challenging thought sometimes that God will allow certain things to happen to us so that our faith might be tested, the Bible says, and we have a chance to grow. So we let that spiritual endurance grow even when we're walking through trials and difficulties and tribulation because we can rest assured on the word of God that there is the sovereignty of God. And listen to me, that God has got this. Now, this idea of the sovereignty of God, it goes against a, a very uh, popular philosophy in today's culture and society. The sovereignty of God, this idea that, that God is in control of all things, it, it completely contradicts this philosophy called open theism. Let me tell you what open theism believes. Open theism teaches us that God doesn't know what's going to happen in the future any more than you and I do. Open theism teaches us that, that God must constantly be changing his plans because he must react to our sinful decisions as human beings as we live out our free will, as we exercise our free will. You need, you need to hear me, and I'll, I'll be careful to be respectful, but at the end of the day, you need to know something, that our wills are only free to the extent that God allows that freedom. Did you hear me? And no one's free will will ever be able to trump the sovereignty of God. So this idea that, that God doesn't know what the future holds, come on now. Come on, that God doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen, we have to stand on his word. And the word of God teaches us that the sovereignty of God means that he is in control of all things past, of all things present, and of all things in the future. And nothing, absolutely nothing, has ever happened or will ever happen that is out of the knowledge of God or out of God's control. Your Bible talks about this. It's Romans chapter 11, verse 36. It says, for from him and through him and to him are what? All things. So to him be glory forever. Amen. The Bible goes on uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. It says, yet for us there is but one God. Come on, that in itself will preach, right? There is but one God, the Father, from whom are what? All things. And we exist for him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things. And we exist through him. So watch this. So because God's got this, 
Whatever it is you're walking through, whatever trial, whatever difficulty, whatever situation, whatever painful moment, whatever circumstance, because God's got this, even when life throws us a curveball. Come on, church. We don't have to panic. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We can stay positive because it will all work out in our favor. Come on and put your hands together right there. God is working all things together for our good. Because God's got this. God's got this. Anybody going through something today? Come on. Am I the only one? Yeah, many of us were walking through something, and you just need to know that there is the sovereignty of God. And He is absolutely in control. I want to say something to you. We're doing this uh, entire series on this concept of staying positive. They're talking about this emotion of, of positivity, if you will. So, so I don't want this to sound contradictory by any means. However, in the last two weeks, my positivity level has been a little bit low. Anybody with me? Y'all didn't want to say amen because you might have found yourself being guilty too. Anybody ever felt like your positivity level is a little bit lower? Come on, testify real quick so I feel better about where I'm at. Yeah. And, and one, one thing that I have learned in my lifetime that's been reminded to me in these last couple of weeks is this, is that my attitude cannot derail the sovereignty of God. Let me, let me say that again. That, that my negative attitude... My, why God is this happening to me? My, this is not fair conversation with God. Anybody ever have that? My, my, God, why would you let this happen to my life attitude? My fearful attitude, my, my worry attitude, my, my, my negative attitude, my bad attitude. That attitude cannot derail the sovereignty of God. So watch this. If you're walking through something, and your attitude is bad, God still got it. If you're going through a situation and your positivity level is low, guess what? God still got it. His sovereignty is not determined by your level of positivity. Come, somebody help me out. His sovereignty is determined by his level of his sovereignty. He is all-powerful. And he is in control. Uh, let me show you what I mean. Okay, I want to show you what I mean. If you go with me to, to Mark chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 35. This was the, the story that the Holy Spirit reminded me of on that thought of your attitude cannot derail the sovereignty of God. So even when you walk through a situation and you got a bad attitude, God is still in control. Many of you know this story, but, but I want to share it with you. It's Mark chapter 4. It's the story of Jesus. And Jesus is on this ministry tour with his disciples. They have this moment where they make a decision to get into this boat. And Jesus says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. I just want to pause right here. It's verse 35. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is a promise. He makes a promise. He says, we are going to get to the other side. He makes a, de a declaration in the beginning of this conversation, in the introduction of this conversation, he makes a promise and he says, let's cross 
to the other side of the lake. And I just want to tell somebody that you're walking through whatever it is you're walking through. You're going to make it to the other side. Come on. You're going to cross over. Come on. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Come on. You are going to walk through it. He says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. What he didn't say is, while we're out on the lake, though, uh, hell's going to come. Winds are going to come. Waves are going to come. Storms are going to come. Why? Because if he would have told you all that in the introduction, you would have said, no, I'll pick another boat. I'll wait for the next ride. Come on. And if God told you what you would have to walk through to get to the other side of the promise, come on, you would have thrown in the proverbial towel before you ever even got started. But there is the sovereignty of God that says, even though you're going to go through some stuff, I will be with you always. Come on, that's good preaching, isn't it? He says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Verse 36, so they took him just as he was. And they started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Verse 37, watch this, highlight this in your Bible. But soon a fierce storm arose. Anybody ever experienced this before? Where you start out, man, and it is a beautiful day. Come on. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. Come on. I mean, it's a perfect day. And then all of a sudden, the bottom falls out and a storm comes. Now, this was a, this was a physical storm. But for you and I, we're talking about a spiritual storm that out of nowhere, bam, your three-year-old daughter falls face first into the corner of a wall. Bam. You have acute viral thyroiditis. Bam. You have a deviated septum. Bam. You have a kidney stone. Bam. This too shall pass. Bam. You punch the doctor. Anybody ever have that moment? I needed that therapy. This too shall pass. And he walked out laughing. <laughs> uh, urologists. All of a sudden, a storm just comes up out of nowhere. High waves begin to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water. And I think that this is where many of you are today. You feel as though that you're about to be capsized. That, that the winds and the waves, they're coming at you from, from the north, from the south, from the east and the west. And this, this boat that you're on called life is rocking back and forth. And you, you can't take any more spiritual Dramamine. You, you're nauseous with the idea that I'm about to drown I'm going to sink and we're all going to die. Watch this, verse 38. And Jesus was asleep. The Bible says that he's asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a posturepedic pillow. <laughs> Jesus, in the middle of the storm, is taking a nap. He's resting. Why? Because he's sovereign, because he's in control. And watch this, and you need to see this, because this is, this is the point that I'm trying to make about your bad attitude in the middle of the storm that you're going through cannot derail the sovereignty of God. So even when you're negative, God is still good. Come on, church. Watch. Here was the attitude of the disciples, which, by the way, had walked with Jesus. They had talked with Jesus. They had eaten with Jesus. They had lived with Jesus. They had watched Jesus. They had seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle after miracle. So they, they had personal experience with, with, with Jesus. They had a testimony, and yet still they were afraid. It doesn't say that positively they woke Jesus up. Hey, Jesus, if you don't mind, could you, could you wake up for a minute? Because, uh, you know, we're about to die. 
They weren't positive. They were frantic. They were fearful. I would dare even say without taking the scripture out of context that they were a touch aggravated. Here we are in the middle of this storm. The boat is about to go under and you're going to sleep. Why? Because it says they're shouting, teacher, don't you even care? You ever felt that way? God, I'm down here on planet Earth. It seems like my back is against the wall. Every time I put one foot forward, I end up going two steps back. God, don't you even care that I'm about to die? God, don't you even care that I'm about to drown? Don't you even care that my marriage is falling apart? Don't you care that I don't have enough money to pay all the bills? Don't you care what the doctor said about my body? Don't you even care? We're going to die here. And watch this. Finally, when he woke up, he rebuked, watch this, the wind and the waves. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't rebuke their bad attitude, did he? He didn't rebuke their poor spirit. No, he rebuked the very thing that was coming against them. He rebuked the wind and he rebuked the waves. He rebuked the sea. And this is what he said. Look, he said, peace. John 16, in me you will have peace. He says, peace, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Verse number 40, it's the last uh, couple of verses here. I'll show you to you. Verse number 40, uh, it says this. And when he asked them, why, why were you so fearful? Why, why were you so afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? No, he didn't say, why were you so positive? Why were you guys so happy? Why were you all so excited? No, no, no. He recognized their emotion of fear. And he says, why were you so fearful? Do you still not have faith in me? And watch what verse 41. And they were filled with awe. And they said to themselves, who, who is this man? That even the winds and the waves obey him. You got a couple more moments? Uh, let me show you what just happened. I want to ask you this question. Did their negativity, did their fear, did their doubt, did their aggravation, did their uncertainty, did their lack of faith derail the sovereignty of God? No. No. Jesus was on their boat. Yet when the trouble came, they lost all positivity, and they became very afraid. They became terrified. Why is it, though, that, that your attitude cannot stop or derail the sovereignty of God? Here's why. Because even when life gets overwhelming, even when life becomes too much to bear, even when you feel like quitting, even when your back really is against the wall, even when your emotions are all over the place and you can't tap into any positivity, God is still in control. His, his, his power is not determined by your positive mindset. He's still in control. But watch this. Because some of you are thinking, well, if that's the case, then why do you do a whole series on me needing to stay positive? If my, if my positive mindset...
cannot alter or change the sovereignty of God, then why are you telling me to stay positive? Here's why. Write this down. Because your attitude will determine your altitude. Camera, follow me. Because my... I, I got a great mentor who sometimes will come down here. Now, I'm, I'm going to come down here not to preach at you, but you didn't help me, so I'm just going to sit right here. You better preach, Pastor. Tell it. Say that again. I will say that again. Thank you so much. Your attitude will determine your altitude. So the next time that panic comes, when you got the right attitude, the panic turns to praise. Come on now. The next time worry comes, when you got the right attitude, the worry turns to worship. Come on, church. When you got the right attitude, the next time fear comes, the fear turns to faith. Because your attitude will determine how high you go. Your attitude doesn't determine the sovereignty of God. God's got this. Whether you believe it or not, he's still in control. But your attitude determines the altitude. Quickly, i got to do this fast. I want to give you three ways to know that God's got this. I want you to jot them down real quick because I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Three ways that you can take to the bank that your God's got this. You ready? Number one, and the first one is, is so good. I'm going to do a dramatic pause here, a build-up, because I want you to see it, but it is something that is so good. It, and it's as easy as the ABCs. You ready? Watch this. He's always been in control. A, B, C. Come on now. That is good. He's always been in control. That There's never been one moment in the course of of time that your God has not been in control. As a matter of fact, you can find the, the answer to that statement in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, the first two verses, let me show it to you. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless. It was empty. And darkness, do you see that? Darkness was over the surface of the deep, but watch this, but the Spirit of God was there. And let me just tell you, the same Spirit of God that covered the darkness at creation is the same Spirit of God that can cover your darkness of today. Let me say that again. The same Spirit of God that covered the darkness at creation is the same Spirit of God that cover, can cover your darkness of today. He's always been in control. There's never been a moment that God's not been in control. Number two is this. His posture indicates that there is no problem that he cannot handle. His posture indicates that there is no problem he cannot handle. You know, posture tells us a lot about a person. You can read the emotions of people simply by their posture. So when someone is fearful or concerned or worried, 
or they're, they're in doubt. They, they, they may bring their hands or pace back and forth or rub the back of their head or wipe their face or whatever that emote to try to get some peace in their mind. Let me show you the posture of your God. Isaiah 66, verse number one, watch this. Look at his posture. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Do, do you know what his posture is? He is sitting in a lazy boy recliner and his feet is propped up on planet earth. He's not pacing over the universe, worrying or afraid. He's not panicking about the outcome of the elections on Tuesday. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? What's the outcome of our country? No, no, you know why? Because he is king of kings and Lord of lords. And he's using this earth as his footstool. His feet are propped up on planet earth. And he might even be eating some Oreos. I don't know. His posture indicates there's not a problem that he's not in control of. His feet are propped up on this planet. That is a God that is filled with sovereignty and in control. And the last one is this. Watch this. He has a proven track record. You want to know that God's got this? Close your eyes for a moment. Let's do it. Come on, both campuses. He's got a proven track record. God has never been outmatched. God has never been outscored. God has never trailed from behind. He has never lost a battle. He's never lost a fight. He's never lost a war. God has always been faithful. That's his track record. Look at me real quick. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 90. Your faithfulness endures to how many generations? To all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. Come on, let me just tell you, your God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful when things seem to be going well. And he's faithful in times of tragedy and difficulty and uncertainty and pain. He is faithful to all generations. And when you close your eyes and you just reminisce on the faithfulness of God, you know it to be true. God has never let you down. No, it didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. And guess what? That's for the better. Because your ways aren't like his ways. And our thoughts aren't like his thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Come on. And he is good. Watch this. Uh, go, go a few more verses. Psalm 119, verse 90. Go to Psalm 119, verse 140. Your promises have thoroughly been tested. I love that. Uh, the psalmist declares that his promises have been thoroughly detest, tested. That is why I love them so much. And he gives us promise after promise after promise. In the middle of this storm, in the middle of that boat called life you're on, in the middle of it feeling like it's going to capsize, he gives you these promises. He says, I am always with you. I'm always with you. Yeah, but my house, me and the kids, I, I know, but, but I'm always, I'm always with you. But I don't know what to do. I don't know what to turn. I don't have the answers. And his promise is, come, come, call on me. Call, call on me and I, I, I will answer you. But I feel weak. 
I feel defenseless. I feel hopeless. I, I feel helpless. And his promise is, I, I will strengthen you and, and I will comfort you and I, I will help you. But my body, my body is, is tired. Some of you, you walked in this room and it took every ounce of energy you could to get out of bed because your body's tired. But the promise is, I will restore health unto you and I will heal you. Let me tell you, this is my heart today. Not to bring a list of competition of things that I'm going through and you're going through. In this world, we're all going to have trouble. There, there is no magical wand that I could wave. There is no potion you can drink. But there is the peace of God. And standing on his word to know that he is sovereign, that he is good, that he is faithful, that he's always been in control, that his posture indicates that there is not a problem that he cannot, come on, overcome. Listen to me. This is the God that we serve. And then when you look at his track record, you recognize he's never let me down. God, you have never let me down. I wish I had more time, but I don't. But you know this church. Come on, it's the lies of the enemy that want to tell you God doesn't care. God doesn't love you. God's not for you. That is not true. He is not a man that he should lie. God is sovereign. And listen to me. God's got this. God's got this. He's got it. Yeah, the problem is, though, is that you want it. You want it. If I could just take control, you will mess it up. The old school church said it this way, just let go and let God, because God's got this. He's got it. Let me pray for you. Father, I don't know the pains of your people. I don't know whatever problems they face. But I know one thing we have in common is that we all go through stuff the emotions of the people in this room and at our Go Church campus. I know that there may seem a little high today because of the challenges, but I pray that this word would just be an encouragement to remind us that you are sovereign and that, that we don't have to worry about tomorrow because we know who holds it and that you hold us in the palm of your hands and that it will all work out in our favor. Encourage the hearts of your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you give the Lord the best praise you've got? Come on. Come on, is that the best you've got? Come on, open up your lips if you believe that God's got this. Come on. Come on, somebody testify. If you're going through a trial today, if you're going through a storm today, if you're going through a difficulty today, in faith, by faith, come on, say this. God's got this. Come on. God's got this once again God's got this yeah